0: All right, guys, I will be taking some more questions before I wrap this up. So I'm going to start opening up if I can figure out how to let people talk. We can go back and forth for a minute. I'll answer your questions. And uh, yeah, so if you want to if you want to request yourself in, let's chat. Let's do it. Give it a second here. Uh, Matt, I'm going to try to see if I can if I can put this on. Matt, you there? One second, see if we can get Matt in here. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, Matt, I got you. How you doing?
1: Good, doing well. Okay, I have a question. Um, yeah, what's
0: up? So, let's say Iowa,
1: I guess it would be Penn State would win the toss, I guess. Well, I guess it would, whoever wins the toss. If you're Kirk Fearance, would you rather receive or kick the ball to start the game?
0: Yeah, you know, that's a, that's an interesting question. You know, I, I think Iowa, I think it would be a very big deal for Iowa to receive. I think they want to go out there in front of the home crowd because we talked about Kinnick being, you know, having an advantage inside Kinnick Stadium. I think it'd be a very good thing if Iowa got the ball first, if they went out there and just try to, you know, throw out a couple wrinkles, maybe open up in shotgun because like John and I talked about earlier, I don't know when you join so I'll quick I'll quickly recap this, but Iowa, even though they didn't score on that opening drive last week against Maryland, I think opening up in the shotgun, Lang, Spencer, Petra stretches arm out you know they they pointed away, but I sat back and I said, you know, I, this offense is going to look good today, because I was encouraged by the play calling. I was encouraged by I think Spencer Petras in that that first drive was some of the most composed, and as and he commanded the offense as well as he had uh, in his entire career. So, I mean, obviously it'd be interesting if Iowa did kick to have the defense go out there, and maybe make a big play. I mean, if you're a big fan of superstitions, you go back to that. You know, 2017 game against Ohio State. I'll mention that again. First play of the game. You know, Amani Hooker has that pick six. So, if you want something like that. But I think it'd be a a very big statement for Iowa to say, hey, we're going to receive it. We're going to go out there. We're going to let, you know, just really try to air it out. Show some different things. I think the worst thing Iowa could do is if they open it up, they get the ball. Outside zone, outside zone. Short of the sticks, third down. So the play calling from the very first drive is going to be something I'm looking for because I think Iowa fans are afraid that they're going to sink back into old habits that they've seen in typical Iowa offenses. Again, it is tough for the momentum to translate week by week, but I think it'd be a very, very big deal uh, for Kirk Ferentz, for Spencer Petras, for Brian Ferentz to go out there and really try to get the crowd involved early because, I mean, how many times have we heard over the years that Opposing players don't like playing in Kinnick because the fans are literally right on top of them. It rattles them. So I think if you go out there, even if you get a field goal, because again, this Penn State defense is absolutely tremendous. If you can go out there, at least put some points, I think that goes a long way. So let me, Matt, I appreciate you tuning in, man. Uh, Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for your question. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to remember who requested first. So if I go out of order, I apologize. I'll try to hit everybody uh let's see let's see if i can get aaron on here aaron you there can you hear me okay yeah aaron i got you how you doing hey i'm good thanks for doing this this is fun yeah i appreciate i mean i've been it's been insane how many people have actually tuned in i mean we've been well over 400 people so that's absolutely crazy appreciate you taking time out of your night. uh what's going on yeah,
1: so I'd like to talk about whether, and I know we don't want to think about a loss on Saturday, but should sure. a one-loss t- Iowa team make the playoff potentially? My personal opinion is that they would have to win in Indy, but if they lost a, a regular season game, that potentially like a 12-1 and team that won in Indianapolis would have a spot probably, but love to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, you know, that's it's an interesting question. It's something I've thought about quite a bit this week because I mean, again, I think this is a very big toss-up game. I think that I think it's more important for Iowa to get this win than Penn State because if you look at Penn State's schedule, I mean, they go against Michigan State. They go against Michigan. They still have right. to go against Ohio State. There's a chance for them to rebuild that resume. And you look at the Big 10 West and it's probably the weakest I've seen it in maybe since the division split. I mean, again, people Nebraska is the second-best team in the Big Ten West. I mean, I think that alone shows you where, where things are kind of at right now. With that being said, a one-loss Iowa team I still think has a shot because if they're only losses to a Penn State team, who I think is going to be well within the top ten for the remainder of this season, if Iowa meets Penn State again in Indy and beats them, I believe they put in a 12-1 Iowa team over a team like Cincinnati. You know, that's going to, you know, spark the whole debate. Can a group of five team make a, a playoff? And the reality is, I don't think so. I really don't um, until they expand it. And let me put it this way. I don't think that Cincinnati's win against Notre Dame is going to hold much weight by the end of the season. Because I think anyone who's watched Notre Dame this year can tell that they've been incredibly overrated. But that, that's just my two cents about it. So. Again, I think it's still possible. I think the chips would have to go right. I think if Iowa faced Ohio State, I think that's a toss up. Because I'll say this you got to look at the national landscape. Let me back up here for a second. ACC is out. Pac 12, I think, is out. I think Oregon, I think Oregon's out. I don't think that they can win enough games on the resume at this point. The Big 12 is clinging on Oklahoma. They are not putting in a one-loss Oklahoma team over a one-loss Iowa team. They're not, especially with the way Oklahoma's played football this year. I don't think that they're going to do that. But if Iowa faced Penn State again in Indy and won, yeah, I, I think the playoff's still there. But again, I think no matter what happens, Iowa fans should be excited about the possibility of potentially going to a Rose Bowl. Because I picked Iowa to start out six and zero beginning of the year, my preseason predictions I predicted them to go ten and two. I should have I should have picked Iowa to win the West, but that's captain hindsight at its best. I thought Wisconsin would be better, but and I mean I think their offense. People talk about Spencer Petrus and Iowa's offense having issues. Man, you guys got to watch Wisconsin football. That's a that's, that's that's a rough look right now for them. So to get back to the point of your question, Aaron, yeah, I do think that Iowa a twelve and one Iowa team beating Penn State in Indy. I think that that would send them to the playoff because I don't think they're going to be able to keep the big 10, the ACC, the PAC 12 out. And I think Oklahoma's going to lose at least one game. I mean, I, I think they lose. I agree with you against Texas. Yeah. So that's uh, that that's my thoughts about it. Do you. Do you have anything else to follow up or are you all good? No,
1: no real follow-ups. I mean, I agree with you. I think Oklahoma for sure stubs their toe by the end of the season, hopefully to Iowa state. So it makes us look a little bit better and improves the resume. Um, but yeah, it, it probably just ends up being how the chips fall and whether a, a two-loss SEC team like if Georgia or Alabama <laughs> were to lose if they if if the sentiment is so strong for the SEC that they still put somebody like that in. I
0: don't know. Yeah, There's a lot of variables. But. Yeah, it is. And I'll say this, too. It's important to remember that there have been more t- AP-ranked teams that have lost this year than any other year since 1936. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams are going on left and right. But with that being said, you know, I didn't think about that scenario, actually, with the 2 lost Bama or Georgia. Ooh, man. You know, because a- you could have you could
1: have. Um, – they're, they're going to play each other in the SEC Championship more than likely, but you could have Georgia lose to Florida, you know, in Florida, for example, or, you know, Bama take a loss to somebody unexpectedly, like um, yeah. when they play Arkansas, although the way Arkansas played against Georgia, maybe that doesn't look super likely. Sure. But, you know, sure. any of those things. Or, or also, like, if Oregon wins out, does a one-loss Iowa uh, Big Ten champion versus a one-loss Oregon Pac-12 champion? You know who knows which of those they. Take. We'll see what the
0: playoff committee says. Oh, by the way, I was gonna say, it's funny. So Kennington Smith, the new Des Moines Register writer, is listening to this, and he just texted me. He said George is going thirteen and zero. So he's a he's a Georgia alum, right? Uh, Kenny, I was gonna say if you want to talk, that talk, I'll let you uh, let you in on this and respond, but. Aaron you know with that being said too that's a very interesting factoid but I'll say this I don't think that I don't think you can put in a Pac-12 team over uh, a 12-1 Iowa all right I gotta get I gotta get Kenny in on this let me see here (laughs) I do fear Georgia more than anybody else I will say that so Kenny
2: you want to talk that talk what's going on brother how are you how you doing man you want to talk that talk Oh man! Uh, first, I would like to, you know, say give you a, a shout out for this Twitter space. This is really dope. I've enjoyed the the conversation. I'm glad that you um, that you did this, and a lot of people are tuning in. Um, it's been a good conversation, for sure, oh, buddy. That's um, so
0: that's so kind of you.
2: Oh yeah, you know we're um, we're supposed to be um, <laughs> c- competitors and fighting each other out in the in the snake pits of viewership and subscriptions, but um, you know it's all love. Um, yeah, like I don't want to get too bullish um, and pound my chest like I'm some SEC elitist, but Georgia is not losing go. two games. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know, Georgia's not losing. They're not losing two games. Um, they're going to run the table the rest of the way, regular season-wise. Um, when they see Alabama, the chips are going to fall where they may. But I do not personally think a two-loss SEC team would get in to the playoffs this year, honestly. Um, I think it would have to be one. You know, and that's the
0: interesting part, but I mean, I was getting back to this point too is, I mean, without a doubt, Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams in the country at this point. I think everybody, I think Iowa's a distant third. I think Iowa has potential to continue to improve, but again, you look at what they're doing this year. I mean, Georgia's defense is absolutely insane. Bama's Bama. I think Iowa can get into that playoff discussion. I think Penn State can as well, but I mean, I'd put Georgia number one right now, but again, do you go based off the eye test or do you go based off the resume? And that's that's always been the big conversation between, you know, the playoff committee is do you take the team that looks better on paper or do you trust your eyes and say, yeah, that team's better? Because the eye test right now, Kenny, I think you're going to agree with me on this. It's it's Georgia Bama and everybody else.
2: Right. right. I would agree with that. And, I mean, even if we're talking about resume, it's you have to kind of look at the conversation from the lens of do you take wins for where the team ended up Or do you put more context into what that game meant at that time? Because Georgia has technically a top ten win. I mean, a top five win with Clemson. They've fallen off, but we understand that. But at that moment in time, that was a huge top five matchup that Georgia went in there and, and won. Then you go back to last week, they shut out Arkansas, who was ranked seventh. Now, is Arkansas the seventh best team in the country? In my opinion, no. But that's just how the rankings have shaken out this year. So I feel like resume and eye test Georgia uh, it is above Bama at, at this point. But I mean, again, we're just gonna that's from a to... non-bias alum, right? Right. Yeah, of course, exactly. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. I mean, Bama has Bama has multiple ranked wins of their own. They did beat Miami, who was ranked in Miami's overrated. But again, at that point in time, that was a top 15, 20 matchup. They dominated Ole Miss, who was ranked 12. so they have impressive wins on their resume as well, so not discounting what they've done. But ranking-wise, Georgia, who they've beaten, how they've done it, is a little bit more impressive, in my opinion. When we're talking about Iowa in the context of, of the college football playoff, and I said this on our podcast with, with Chad, I feel yeah. like the Big Ten champion should be the number two seed in the playoff regardless. When you that's, can, Yeah, it's an interesting look. If if I okay Iowa if go if they go undefeated, obviously they're going to be the two seed. If Jan, if Bama and Georgia play, someone sliding down to three, the two spots going to be open. The Big Ten, in my opinion, is the best conference in the country this year. To come out on top of that, you would have to reward that with being the the number two seed. If Iowa goes undefeated, it's a no brainer. Even a one loss, Iowa, I still feel like would be a, a number two seed. When you consider again putting in the context of wins. They opened up with two with the two best wins in the country over any other team. Yep, they beat ranked Indiana. They went on the road. They beat Iowa State to beat the Big Ten champion out of the East would mean that you would have beaten a juggernaut. If it's Ohio State, Penn State, whoever comes out of the East, the road that they would have had to travel to get to Indy, they're going to be an extremely high ranked team. That's going to be a, a, a top ranked matchup. Like you said, the ACC is out. The Big 12 is holding on by a thread. The Pac-12, holding on by a thread. Also, we'll see what happens with Oregon. You have to honor the fact that the Big 10 this year is the best conference, and that team should be the number two seed regardless.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. By the way, since Kenny's talking, I do want to plug his stuff. He does a great job with Chad go at his wine register, hawkcentral.com. Be sure to check that out, along with Hawkeye Insider, 24-7 Sports, David Eichel. Uh, but, yeah, Kenny, I think that's, that's an interesting point. And, you know, I'll say this. I mean, if there's ever a year for a team, I got to get to Norm's question, too. I'm going to throw him in here in a second. Uh, But I'll tell you, like Cincinnati, I don't see a scenario where they make the playoff. Like, I think this Notre Dame win that they got, I think it's going to be incredibly overblown by the end of the year. I think that, you know, the group of five, with all due respect, they're not making the playoffs. I mean, this is a year where the ACC is not going to make it because Clemson can't move the football at all. The Pac-12 outside of UCLA and Oregon is is not good. I mean, USC has its moments and has athletes, sure, but yeah. that that's about it. And, yeah. and I mean, you can't possibly in your right mind put a, a you know an Oregon team that lost the game in over an Iowa team that's get, you know could win the Big Ten championship. I do think though that. You know, a I, I, number two seed as a 12-1 and one Iowa team would be very interesting. But that's also, again, taking into account that Iowa's still got – I don't care how weak the West is. They still got to take care of business. That game at Wisconsin is going to be absolutely bonkers. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a crazy game. Um, but I will say this. I think if Iowa wins this weekend, they should do no worse than the Rose Bowl. Am I, am I off by saying
2: that, Kenny? 100%. Some New Year's 6, period, like – Rose, Fiet, there's going to be at-large spots available. They un- undoubtedly deserve to be in a New Year's Six Bowl game in some capacity. I 100% agree with that.
0: And I think, it's again, it's going to be all on the offense. I think the offensive line is the biggest key. So, Kenny, if you want to stick around, you're more than welcome to. Chop it up with me. If you got to get, you can get. But uh, I'm going to keep you know rolling through these questions. I'd love to have another person to bounce it off of. So, it's completely your call what you want to do
2: i mean I'll, I'll stick around for a while i know this is uh this is your show so i'll, I'll stick around for a few minutes and, and provide some some commentary uh we talked about this off air like the potential to to kind of you know have we'll some see. type of forum this is a little bit more impromptu but yeah um, no no without a doubt i was testing cool. this out and it's
0: been uh it's been it's been fun and i think it's uh, another way just to engage with all these people so let me see if i can get norm on here real quick I see Norm, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, man, I got you. How you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, good, man. What's going on? So you and John were talking a little
3: earlier about uh, the Wildcat potentially making um, more of an appearance this week. And one thing I've noticed that I feel like definitely has been done this year and maybe the last time I really remember is the Holiday Bowl. Um, Running the Wildcat with uh, they used to run the Wildcat with, like, Goodson, and then they'd have, like, uh, Sergeant and Kelly Martin back there with them, and then they could say yeah. ASM in motion. And, you know, if we could get, like, Goodson in the backfield with, like, Arlen Bruce and then bring Charlie Jones in motion or just some just some other guys, because I feel like too much lately the Wildcat's been Goodson in the back with Monty Pottebomb, and I, I don't really... Want Tyler Goodson to ever hand off the ball to Monty Potembam if he already gets the ball? (laughs) That—that's just me, though. I just want to get your thoughts on
0: that. Uh, yeah, that—that's an interesting point too, and I think it's very important for Iowa to, you know, show different looks. I think John hit upon it earlier. I mean, at some point, you know, Tyler's got to throw the football, and we've seen, you know, there are some clips of him in high school. He can sling it. So I think there are a bunch of different ways that you could do that. I would throw in, if you want to throw in a true freshman, you throw in Arlen Bruce back there. I think you throw in a guy like Tyrone Tracy back there. I think you could have Ivory Kelly Martin back there. But the reality is, I think the Wildcat could be such a valuable weapon. But right now, it's too predictable. It's going to be be snapped to Tyler, and Tyler's going to run up the middle. I mean, that's really all they've done. And it's been effective from time to time, but – Iowa, for the first time in a long time, at least since I've covered this team, they have enough athletes on the on the perimeter. They have enough athleticism. They have enough speed to be able to utilize different things. And I think again, if you look back at something that stood out to me about the Maryland game, is they got the ball to the playmakers in a position to succeed. Not that, you know, previous teams haven't, but it was a different look. And that's what, you know, again, you open up things in the shotgun. Iowa slings it around four times in the opening drive instead of outside zone, outside zone, third down, short pass, just try to move the sticks. The importance of you know Tyler throwing a pass, handing it off to Tyrone, handing it off to Arlen Bruce, having Charlie Jones go in motion, as you mentioned, I think that there's a lot of potential there. And they've kept it so under wraps over the past couple of weeks. I'm very curious uh, how much they've been working on it and if they, if they've been trying to add new elements. Uh, to the fold. Kenny, you got anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, I think that what we've seen over the past few weeks and and what it's been encouraging starting in the Colorado state game is that we're starting to see more offensive creativity. We're starting to see the playbook open up a a little bit more because I know we've talked about this, uh, you know, off of, off of this space, there's going to come a point in time where the game is going to ride on Petra's arm. And the last few weeks, We've seen uh, a more of a trust from the coaches in him to make those plays, and we've seen consistency and ability from him to to make throws. So I know we're talking um, about the Wildcat, and I will be interested to see if they do break it out in this game. I think that what you said about the first drive um, was spot on, that this is not the game to be conservative. Like this isn't the type of game to where you are wanting to kind of sit back and leave anything – in the vault, this is a game where you're going to want to kind of like punch it and be aggressive because this is a, a huge moment, a, a huge spotlight. You don't want to leave anything on the table. So I'll be interested to, to see if we see a continuation of of this kind of creativity and, and more trust in outside of the, the conventional offense.
0: Kenny, I'm not going to give away our phrase, but all I'm going to say is Ferrari.
2: If you know, you know,
0: <laughs> if you know, you know, if you
2: know, you know. That will be
0: unveiled soon enough. So, uh, Aaron, by the way, I'll I'll take you off uh, the speaker option. I I really appreciate you hopping on and asking your question. And uh, have a good night, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate the commentary. Uh, Norm, you got anything else to add to that? Otherwise, we'll keep uh, moving down the list.
3: I guess the only thing to build off that, too, with the creativity is just getting Tyrone Tracy the ball in space. I know he's had some drop issues this year, but... sure. Jet sweeps, quick screens, just I, I feel like he could really be a game breaker in this game or at least stretch the defense enough to the point that it'll start to open up some lanes in the running game.
0: And I think that's a good point too. I think we've been waiting. I mean, I've told I've talked to Kenny quite a bit about this. I've sort of been waiting for Tyrone to have that breakout game. And if there is a game for him to break out and to really have his moment, I think it could be this game because there's no bigger game at this point from a national perspective is creating a ripple effect i think john hit upon earlier if iowa wins that is that pushes the national brand of iowa football forward i mean that's 12 straight wins and uh you know again i think tyrone he like you said i think tyrone has the potential to be that that deep threat the all-around guy with that being said put in keegan put in arlen because keegan his release off his two deep passes they had in that that uh, that Kent State, I believe, is the Kent State game, or this Colorado, Colorado State game. Excuse me. He uh, he he's going to be a good one. So is Harlan.
2: One hundred percent. They are progressing at a rapid rate, and this is something that that Ference has spoken to. Uh, Coach Copeland spoken to to this as well. It's a good problem to have when you have. Uh, a multitude of receivers who can make plays, but we're starting to kind of creep into that area where these freshmen are almost too good to not put on the field. It seems like every time they're on the field, good things are good things are happening. So continue to to give them the ball. Continue to give Tracy the ball. Reganis made plays as well, so as Charlie Jones. So it's a deep receiver room, uh, maybe deeper than what we could have thought it was going to be at at the beginning of the year so you know open the playbook a little bit give out all these guys opportunities and this is the type of game to where you're going to want to do that and again this kind of goes to to recruiting as well you kind of want to show off that you can put these dynamic playmakers and guys who can make plays in space guys who have ability you want to showcase that to recruits that you know this is an offense that if you come here we're going to highlight you and highlight your ability
0: So, hey, Norm, I appreciate you taking the time out of your night. Thanks for asking your question, man, and uh, have, have a good one. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your night. Let's see. We got a couple more here. Uh, Kenny, I appreciate you hopping in on this, too. I always love sure. it, bouncing yeah. off ideas. And, uh, again, you, you've done a killer job since you've gotten to the Des Moines Register. So I want to plug your stuff again. Canton Lloyd-Smith, the third, the best Name in the industry, Dwayne Moines Register, Hawk He does a great job there. Again, David Eichel, HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Get two months of VIP right now for $1. The response has been awesome. Uh, it's going to be a hugely recruit, uh, huge weekend recruiting-wise, huge week for Iowa football. So be sure you're taking advantage of that opportunity there. So go check out our respective works as well. So let me see if I get – I think Chuck was up next. Let me see if I can get him on. Chuck, you there? Give it one minute. Chuck, you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, how you doing? Perfect. Thanks for doing this. Pretty cool. Um, I think you guys kind of already addressed my uh,
4: question with creativity on offense, but any concern of Penn State loading up, stopping Goodson, watching the, uh, stopping the run, and then forcing Petrus to have to make plays and the receivers getting uh, separation? Any concern on that, but I think with the emergence of the freshmen over the last couple of weeks, kind of hopefully gives some hope there. But um, any concern, I kind of forcing
2: Spencer sure. to make
4: plays.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Kenny, I'll let you take it. I think that it's it's obviously a concern to when they're loading the box, and this is something that was a huge question mark going into the Maryland game. I believe the running game hasn't hit on as many. Consistent plays as we're used to the running game, seeing it's almost kind of like if Goodson isn't hitting a a home run, he stopped at the line or or getting stopped behind the line. And a lot of that is a product of teams just stacking the box and forcing Petrus to make plays with his arm. But up until really the Colorado State game, there wasn't much of him extending the field with his arm on film not that there was a need for that just because of how the games have been played those first three games but the Colorado State game he started to show that ability Maryland game he started to show that ability and David spoke to this um, a few minutes ago I thought a huge point in that Maryland game was that first drive where Ferris dialed up some plays where Peaches was just throwing it down the field and letting Maryland know that they are not afraid to, to throw the ball down the field so it's a concern that they're going to, to stack the box. Penn State, obviously, different caliber uh, of athletes than in Colorado State and Maryland, but we've seen these last few weeks that they are not afraid to let Petrus kind of air it out a little bit, which I thought was huge going into Big Ten play because, again, they're going to need him to make plays with his arm if they're going to get to the, the point that we foresee this team getting to. So I have a lot more trust in him making plays down the field with his arm than I did a few weeks ago, just because we've seen the coaches have that trust in him. And for the most part, he's connected on those plays at a pretty high clip.
0: I I couldn't have summed it up any better myself, Kenny. I I think that I'll say this as far as building Petrus's confidence and fans confidence in Petrus, it's all going to come down to one thing. Will they be able to provide a clean pocket? Because when he's given a clean pocket, He has shown good touch and he's made the correct reads. And I think the way he has spread the ball around, I think he's done a much better job of not locking in on one receiver. He still falls in that category at time to time. He still needs to get rid of the ball from time to time. He didn't really have to do that last week because again, I thought the offensive line played in one of their more complete games of the season. But if I'm Penn state, I'm absolutely stacking the box because Penn State's secondary I think it's just below Iowa's. Joey Port Jr. is one of my favorite players to watch on that team. I mean, you, there's no weak point in their secondary. Iowa's receivers have to be ready to go out, be patient, and take advantage of the opportunities when they present present themselves because they will not present opportunities very often because of how good they are. Um, so, Chuck, I mute you your mic. If you have a quick follow-up, uh, that's fine. If not, I uh, appreciate you tuning in. Give it a few seconds. Two, three. Yep, all good alright Chuck appreciate it man take care alright we'll keep going down the list here I think this was up next give it one second hey you there maybe give it a few seconds otherwise I'll keep uh keep the line moving again hey I appreciate everybody uh, uh tuning in so far I mean it's been it's been going for an hour and a half, which is actually kind of wild. I anticipate this is going to go about 30 minutes, but, you know, it uh, it's panned out well. So, five seconds, otherwise I'll keep it moving. Kenny, you know, uh, I- I'm going to ask you, too, real quick. How upset are you going to be at me when I pick Bama over Georgia?
2: We are going to have a beef. I'm going to hold that grudge <laughs> forever.
0: I'm going to wear a Bama sweatshirt when I see you that week.
2: It's all good, man. I'm just going to not speak to you for that week. It's okay. <laughs> um, it is okay. I mean, I understand it. Like, coming into this year, I didn't. I, I wasn't sure that Georgia was going to be able to to play with Bama. I think, honestly, though, like, and I've been a lifelong Georgia fan. I honestly and truly feel this is the first time in my life where I can honestly say I think that we can beat Alabama, truthfully. And this is even Natty year, 2017. The times that we've played them before, the times that we've played them in the past, this is honestly the first time I can say I think that we would win that game.
0: Well, it's on the record now, so no takes his backsies. It will be published on the (laughs) interwebs forever now. So, Kenny, that's your hot take for the night. Uh, I (laughs) I think Jerry's up next. See if I can get him in on here. Hey, Jerry, you there? it automatically goes to mute. I don't know why. Like if you add somebody as a speaker, they should automatically be unmuted. It makes no sense
5: to me. Hey, Jerry, how you doing? I'm doing good. Great, great stream, guys. This is like Twitter clubhouse, I guess. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, it <laughs> is. That's that's
0: pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you tuning in. Every like, great uh, idea is stolen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, just it's, they'll make one small tweak and then it's their own property. It's like every iPhone or every, you know, piece of technology right, in existence. Right.
5: Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, cool having Kennington on too. I had to give a shout out because uh, one of my buddies um, who was a groomsman in my wedding, he's a huge uh, dogs fan. And so we always chat back and forth and he compliments the Hawks. And I, same thing, I said, uh, you know, it would be an honor to, uh, if the Hawks were to make it to the playoff and become tribute for Georgia, you know, what? that would be like Sparta, <laughs> you know, and it would just be an honor to, to be one of the 300 and feel like it, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, and to your point, uh, Kennington with, with Alabama, he said, uh, he goes, JT has to get healthy because he doesn't feel yes. like Stetson can
2: beat uh, no, Alabama. He, he cannot. He yeah. cannot. He cannot. I feel. I feel confident in Stetson's ability to beat everybody on our schedule except for Florida and Alabama.
0: I think. I think Kenny's head would explode though if if Georgia (laughs) and Iowa had to play in the playoffs.
2: Right. Hopefully. Hopefully, in Miami, because that would be amazing (laughs) on on New Year's. But um, you know, hopefully Georgia goes undefeated, gets that one spot. Iowa could get the four. We can go to Dallas. But hey, man, everybody, I wouldn't be mad at New Year's in Miami
5: either. We'd all win tailgating. That's for sure. Kind of like when going against LSU, you know, um, the only thing I want to throw in and I I like the little wildcat discussion and everything. And and that's that's cool to kind of, you know, it's, it's fun to dream and everything. You know, we know they're going to go creative to an extent, but they're not going to do anything. They feel like, you know, might cause as my brother sent me, you know, the, uh, Great uh, clip of Claiborne blocking the putt or anything, you know. Yep. It's going to be so close. And the number one thing we don't want to do is, you know, do the reverse of what we've been doing, get, have a giveaway instead of a takeaway. But I really like – I think this was definitely Ferrance's best called game uh, with Maryland since probably USC in the Holiday Bowl.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point.
5: And you can look at that Holiday Bowl tape and just see what they did, you know, to take – because they went after the edges. And uh, with the Maryland ends that were crashing down so much in this game, you know, you expect to see probably some of the similar stuff. Uh, Penn State might throw a lot more zone instead of – Running man because Iowa did a really good job with man beaters in uh, the called game. But the thing that was interesting to look at is how he, Ferris, is using uh, formations um, to basically flood one side and basically use a sith motion to uh, get the tight end back on the other side. So it'd be really interesting to see how they help unstack the box yeah. by putting, uh you know. Two receivers, you know, move a trips over in motion or start with trips on one side and, uh, you know, be able to run to the weak side as they'd love to run to the boundary anyway. So I I kind of expect to see – I'm interested to see what more formation type of things he does to help unstack that box.
0: Yeah, I, Jerry, I think you summed that up pretty well. I really like how you brought up the Holiday Bowl, though, because I know I automatically go back to the, the Iowa State road game when – um, when Nate Stanley had the five touchdowns, I think about the Ohio State mm-hmm. game. I think about the Maryland game. That Holiday Bowl was by you know again that's a perfect example of another call brilliantly game, brilliant yeah. game plan I think from Brian Ferenc. Uh So that that will be interesting to watch. So uh, we got it, it didn't West, it sorry, yeah
5: like, it, it didn't hurt to have uh, you know a few weeks to practice though too <laughs> yeah nothing, we, no doubt. Uh, no. Thanks at guys. At some point I'll jump though, you,
0: you can it, <laughs> and at that point you know I think that's where some people get in the danger zone is. You know, at some point, you just gotta go out there and play the game because they're just nitpicking too much. Yeah. So, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, Jerry. You bet. Let me see if I uh, we got a few more here. Uh, I think Chad was up next. Let me see if I can throw him on. Let's see, Chad. You there, Kenny? Are you
6: still alive too? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Chad, how are you doing?
6: Hi, thanks. Yeah, uh, so uh, obviously uh, everybody's coming in and riffing, and, and and you've answered some of my questions already. But uh, I was just kind of thinking, you know, it seems like from what I knew of uh, Petrus that when he was in high school, he was a long ball thrower, and he liked mm-hmm. to throw downfield. So it seems like if we can open up more of that, and you kind of alluded to this, uh, that if if we can open up more of that protection and keep the pocket clean and he can set his feet and have good footwork, you know that'll that'll be good for him because it seems like he's he's been comfortable with that in the past. But although we haven't seen it as much as a hawk uh, as a Hawkeye, but what do you think? Because the offensive line has been changing a lot and been gelling. What do you guys think are some of the key uh, matchups or changes that has has caused, and I know not every opposing team is the same, but has caused um, the the pocket to be more cl- have been more clean and allow those down downfield throws.
0: Uh, Kenny, I'll let you take it since I took up the majority of the last
2: question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well it was good that you that you took that one. Like I said, I just got here so I don't have that that background knowledge of the type of game planning and and the different you know different type of games sure. that, that that have been called in the past. What I'll say about the, the offensive line um, I thought it was very interesting that Kyle Shot got moved to left guard. I think that as we're getting, you know, week by week by week, he's only going to continue to get better. Fans have spoken to this several times that he's still working to get back in, in playing shape. So I feel like as time continues to go on, he's going to continue to get stronger. Connor Colby has really emerged as kind of a, a rising star. Uh, on the offensive line. What I'll say about the Maryland game that I thought was really big, I think that it was really important and it really can't be understated how how important it was to get Justin Britt back. Him and Cody Ince were in on that drive. They were down 7-3. Maryland had just scored um, a touchdown and it was an opportunity for Iowa to respond. Justin Britt goes in and they go down the field and score a touchdown. The first three plays of that drive were run plays, five, five, six, five yards, that kind of gave the offensive line some confidence. It was able to, to open things up. So I think that we're, the best is really yet to come with this offensive line, especially now that we know that shot is only going to continue to improve. That's more so what, what I'm looking at for the for, for the offensive line is shot at left, Colby at right, and mm-hmm. then I imagine that Ensign Britt are going to continue to sub in. Um, it seems like they're pretty set on, on, the, on the outside of the line with, with Richmond, and young at, at tackle. So coming off of what I thought was one of their best games at, as a unit, uh, I would imagine and hope that, that they're gelling, that the confidence is, is through the roof and, you know, fingers crossed that shot continues to improve as he continues to get back into that playing shape.
0: Yeah, I think, I think Kenny brought up a good point. Moving shot to left and keeping Colby in the rotation, I thought was a very, very smart move. I think eventually they are going to have to tighten up that rotation. I do like Justin Britt still uh, you know, being that rotational guy. I think Cody Ince being that rotational guy. The big question I have for this Iowa team going forward is will you get consistency out of Nick DeYoung and will you get consistency out of Mason Richmond? I don't think you really have to worry much about I mean, you don't have to worry about Tyler Linderbaum at all. Like, let's be real. If you're a center and you're a top 15 projected NFL draft pick, that yeah. that's not normal. Right. So, you have nothing to worry about there. Kyler Schott, you know, for what he lacks as far as measurables, if you look at his pro football focus grade, I think you take pro football focus with a grain of salt. I think they do a good job of tracking the snaps, grading linemen. I mean, Kyler Schott was one of the top 10, I think, returning guys in the nation as far as run blocking goes. And if he's back 100% healthy, I think that's going to go a long way just for the cohesion and chemistry of the unit. And then if you get Connor Colby, who is a four-star by 24-7 sports, well-deserved, you know, I think he came in. He's really worked hard. Being an early enrollee has really, really helped him. I think you need to throw him in these sort of games to really help him grow. And I think that Maryland game, you can't overstate just as far as a rep perspective, as far as being in in a hostile environment perspective. Getting that confidence and being like, you know – I talked to Colby, we talked to Colby last week, I think Kennington was with me when I asked him this, maybe he wasn't, I don't remember, but I asked him, you know, about his bond with George Barnett, what's been the transition, like, he said, I can't just move people anymore, because in high school, I mean, you're talking about a kid that's 305 pounds, you know, he's sued to be a a high-level recruit, sued to be a high-level Offensive lineman, he relied more on his strength than anything else. And with him early enrolling, he's really improved that technique. He's gotten his, you know, he's gotten his pad level right. He's doing all these good things. And I think something that stood out to me about this young offensive line, and something I think needs me know going forward, maybe Kenny can, you know, correct me on this. I don't remember really a fa- many false starts on Iowa's offensive line. I think there have been a couple, but I think they've done a really good job of getting off off their blocks, trusting the snap count, and doing a really good job. So. As far as concern, I, I, I mean, obviously that's the unit I'm worried about. But the reason why I picked Iowa to go 10-2 and two in the preseason is because if the weak point of this team is the offensive line, I'm throwing my chips into Kirk Ferentz's development of offensive line. So I think getting Colby in the rotation, if Mason Richmond can be consistent at tackle, and if Iowa can utilize the play-action game as a way to mask their running game, I think that can go a long way as well because I'll go back to the Outback Bowl against Mississippi State, number one defense in the country that year. Iowa had negative 18 passing yards – I mean, rushing yards in that game. But the running game helped open up that 80-yard play action that they – I think it was 80 yards, maybe it was 75 or something like that. They ran the play action, threw it to Nick Easley for the touchdown. So I think in this sort of game, I think that's something you're going to need to look for. Cool. So – uh let me see i think we got one more here chad hey i appreciate you taking your time out of your night to listen to us and uh you know thanks for asking your question thank really appreciate it
4: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited
0: by state law.
5: Let's see here.
0: All right. Let's see. I think we got another one real quick. All right. Uh, let's see if you're there. Yep. Can you hear hey, me, you David? Doing? Yeah, I got you. How you doing?
4: All right. Sorry about that before I wasn't expecting the mic or the mute
0: to go on. <laughs> no, I know. I, I was talking about that. I don't know why they had the mute button go on. <laughs> Uh, immediately when you say, hey, I, this person is a speaker. Okay, well, they're muted. Okay, well, whatever.
4: <laughs> Makes well, no sense.
0: I, I don't know if you expected this to go an hour and 41 minutes, so I'll try to be quick,
4: but uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for doing this. Um, this is a great way, another great way for Hawk fans to, uh, across the country to to connect, and, and I appreciate sure. it. Um, I, I, I'm in Virginia now, and, and if there's anybody from the Capital Area Eye Club on the, on the line here, uh, thank you very much for your hospitality at Maryland on Friday. My son and I went and had a fantastic time the game didn't hurt either uh, yeah of course <laughs> just just a, a, a few things I watched Ference's press conference yesterday and there was three things that really struck me um, first of all he you know almost breaking down talking about Yanda and I, I just that's what I love about uh, KF because you know how the connection that he has with his players and that was fantastic and then he went into talking about I, I think Zach Van Valkenburg and some of the leaders on the team, and I think he really, and I, I would like your comments on this because you're around them and you're around the team a lot. But sure. I think he really, deep down, thinks this is a special team, and he's got a special group of guys there. And I think he, I think he knows that they can do really good things, and he's quietly confident. So I don't know if that's just my, you know, Hawkeye optimism uh, looking at that, but it seems <laughs> like he's really confident. Um, and then the last thing, and I'll, and I'll let you you comment and you can mute me or whatever, but um, he said something towards the end, and it was kind of like um, tongue-in-cheek a little bit, but he said, we are fortunate to be guests at the party. We get to play Penn State, and he kind of had a little smirk on his face, and it's, it's almost like, well, y- you know, we hear what the David Pollocks and the, you know, the other people, have, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the people that think we've been lucky up to this point, and you know, we I'll say it's have to, to wash
0: your tongue. Ken- Kenny's gonna defend his boy because that's a bulldog. <laughs> I know,
4: I know, I know. Sorry, Kenny. But it's anyway, fine. I'll David. I'll I'll let you mute me, and then you can answer those. But appreciate it, and hope you do these again.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I appreciate you hopping in on this too. I've been very overwhelmed by by the the support on this too. It's been really cool to. You know, at least I think Kenny takes the same approach as I do in this aspect that we try to find different ways to engage with with the fans because without, you know, the fans, we don't have a job. And I kind of like what I do. Uh, it's fun. So I want to feel like you guys are involved as much as possible as well. So, Kenny, I'll, I'll let you take the reins on this. Then, I'll you know, because I know you're still new to the beat. I have a little bit more perspective on it, but I'm curious about what your takeaway is, because I, I think he brought up an excellent point. I couldn't agree more. I think Kirk is extremely confident in this group. Uh, he won't say it. He'll be more sad. He's been more sassy this year than any other year, but you know, Kirk always jokes about, Oh, I don't know how I like this team. I mean, I I think it's fairly apparent. He really, really likes this team.
2: Yeah. There are very subtle moments where he will let you know how confident he is in the team. Like before the season, the defensive line was a huge question mark. And he, every time you ask about the defensive line, he's very much like, well, we feel good about our guys. Like we know that these guys can play. Like, it's just a matter of X, Y, Z. You asked a question about Peaches in the last few weeks. And he says, well, you know, we've always known that, that Spencer can do this, but X, Y, Z, he follow he follows the rest. So it's like, it's almost like very subtle, like how he, how he explains things, but it seems like they're just players say it. Coaches say it. These guys really, really, really like each other. Um, you know, you could say they love each other for sure. It's a very, very tight bond. Phil Parker spoke to this today in our assistant um, coach Zoom, but I will speak to what uh, what was said about national perspective and and how people kind of see if Iowa. I think that we are we're just getting to a point where national media, national, people who aren't as tapped into Iowa, how we are day-to-day, are going to have to start putting some respect on, on Iowa. It almost seems like every game that is a big game, they are just waiting for Iowa to fall. The first game, it was Indiana, and it was Michael Penix is finally healthy. Indiana's a ranked team. They're coming in with this high-powered offense. They have Mullen on the defensive end. You know How is Iowa going to handle this? And you have the questions about Petris and Iowa dominates. And the next week, you have the biggest Cy game in history and Iowa state is the best team in history and their top 10 rankings, the highest ever. And this is going to be their statement win that they're going to get over Iowa on a national stage and the Iowa dominates the game. And then you go on the road to Maryland and it's Maryland's undefeated. And Talia Tagovailoa is a Heisman candidate. And this is a national spotlight for Maryland. And this is one of the biggest games that they played And they're going to get their <laughs> statement win over Iowa and Iowa dominates again. And it's still, well, we're not convinced about Iowa, but, all these past examples, the other team is supposed to get a statement win over Iowa. So this is an opportunity for, for Iowa yet again to, to kind of be in this stage. And this is um, a three versus four matchup. I don't think that um Iowa's sneaking up on on anybody anymore, but this is, you know, a, a game where this a win in this game is gonna kind of take this team whoever wins kind of out of the, the stratosphere, so to say, and we're talking about national positioning and playoff rankings and those things. So a win on Saturday would make it, I would hope would make it undeniable that this team is legit. Clearly we haven't gotten to that point yet, but from my point of view, it's like every time that they've played in a big game, it's supposed to be the other teams coming out party and I was dominated, but the questions are are still there. Yep. Um, so it really doesn't make much, much sense to to me. But that's kind of how I feel about national perspective and kind of how Iowa has, has fitted to that and how they've handled that throughout the year.
0: Yeah, no, I think Kenny brings up a lot of good points. But I'll go back to what I said earlier about the ne- the noise and all that. And I don't know when you joined, so it's completely fine you brought this up again. Win. That's it. That solves everything. 100%. Winning solves everything. If Iowa goes out and wins, and I, I had a – did another conversation with our 24 seven sports colleague, Tyler Donahue, our Penn state site uh, today, which I'll upload tomorrow along with hopefully the recording of, of this, which is going (laughs) to probably go two hours at this point. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But winning cures everything. And the reality is if Iowa goes out wins and if they dominate, if either team dominates, nobody can poke holes in anything anymore. You know, people can poke holes in, in this or that or whatever, but you can't poke holes in the win-loss column. If Iowa goes out and wins, I think I, I don't think you can overstate this. It is a potential game that changes the trajectory of the program. And what I mean by that is, yeah, Iowa's won 11, 11 straight games. 10 of the 11 have been by double digits. The closest one was 26-20 against Nebraska. But you, this is the most loaded recruiting weekend that Iowa football has had in at least may, maybe ever. I mean, you're talking about multiple five stars on camps. You're talking about Kyler Casper, Ke- the son of Ke- former Iowa wide receiver Kevin Casper. Kyler Casper, who I'm pushing to get another bump in the 24 7 sports rankings. I mean, that's a guy that he won't, he will not pull the trigger to commit. Okay. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to say that. He's a dude that's going to get offers from literally everywhere. But Iowa goes out, makes a statement victory. It pushes the national brand forward on it. And it really sends a ripple effect throughout college football. The, all the Iowa over is over. A talk disappears. You have a shot with a lot of these big time commits on campus. And I'll go back to this. I mean, Kenny knows this. You know, he fo- followed Georgia his whole life, attended Georgia. Kenny, what's it go back to? Dudes recruit dudes. 100%. Dogs bring dogs. 100%. 100%. And big performances like that do that. So. I guess that's my two cents about that, and I'll I'll quickly add on to this. Kenny's exactly right. There's subtle moments with Kirk that he'll tell you how much he likes the team. He's never going to go out and be like, I love this team. I love – until the end of the season, he'll do that. But there are moments every press conference where you can kind of see a twinkle in his eye and a smirk when he's talking. He he loves this team. And I'll go back to what I said earlier, that the bond of this team is special Not that previous teams weren't, but there's a different level that's been unlocked over the past year. I think COVID helped bring the guys together. I think it's very apparent when you watch them play football and off-the-field chemistry and bond translates to on-the-field performance. So I think the best thing that Iowa fans can do is embrace the moment, enjoy it, even if they're talking bad. You know, national people are talking bad. It really doesn't matter. It's all it's all noise, outside noise anyway. And Iowa's earned the platform that they're on. If they want to continue to push that forward, they have a shot to do it on Saturday.
2: Right. One hundred percent. I mean so. national people are, are talking negatively. They're talking though. Like Exactly. They're in the Iowa is at the center of the college football world. However people are talking good, bad, or indifferent, they're in the conversation. They have a seat at the table. That's really all that you can ask for at at this point in, in the season. And things are going to play out how they're going to to play out. But again, if we would have told you at the beginning of the year that this game would be three versus four, it really wouldn't matter what Pollock says or Desmond Howard or anybody says, you would have taken it how how it came. So this is a, a huge moment, a huge spotlight. Win or loss, I don't think it's going to change much about Iowa's positioning nationally. I think everything is going to be still in front of them but this is an extremely exciting time um the game of the century really for for iowa's programs and like you said program shifting paradigm shifting opportunity for for iowa ahead of them in in a few days
0: push the brand forward so i i remember you said you're from virginia it's nearly 11 o'clock your time so (laughs) i appreciate you staying up and just (laughs) listening listening to me talk so (laughs) Much obliged, man. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, I'm glad you guys had a good and safe – you and your son had a good and safe trip up to Maryland. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be sure that we're doing this again. So, take care. I appreciate the question and uh, and your thoughts on it. Let's see if I can move all this. Whew, Kenny, you think uh, – I think going two hours might have worn out my vocal cords.
2: Oh, man, you, uh, you're like the, uh, the Jimmy Butler meme from the bubble, like leaning over the <laughs> – leaning over the, the, over the, the, bank side, the like, table right like man i didn't i didn't gave it i didn't give it all i had i know your uh your health bar is flashing <laughs> over there so oh so. i'm asleep dude <laughs> oh
0: that's that's funny uh again I'll, I'll plug it one more time before we wrap things up here uh kankton was my third best name in the industry hawk central.com dwayne register uh newest iowa reporter on the beat does an outstanding job really really does a has a great work ethic knows his stuff and uh he's adapted to iowa well so be sure to check him out and all the great work he does uh david eichel dot insider.com part of 24 7 sports get two months of vip access for one dollar uh so hey it, it's been it's been crazy i mean there's still 120 of you on here we got up to about 500 earlier and the fact that all of you have tuned in this long or if you are just stopped in i appreciate the time and Please, please, please be sure to tweet at me if you want me to do stuff like this again. I love being able to talk to all of you. It's been a lot of fun, uh, and you know, I'm, um, you know, I think Kenny you speak the same way. We, we're always looking for new ways to engage with our audience, and uh, you know, you guys provide a. We, we appreciate all you guys do as far as reading and supporting our work. So again, please be sure to tweet at me at David Eichel if you want me to do these more often. And uh, I'll be sure to mark in the schedule. I'm going to try to put this as a replay on the Swarmcast, which is our official podcast, 24-7 Sports' is official podcast. But trans- converting a Twitter space into a podcast sounds very excruciating. I'm hoping it's not, but uh, hopefully we can make it work. So, Kenny, I'm not going to ask you to provide a prediction because I don't want to take away from from your fine work that you do at hawkcentral.com. But uh, any final parting words before I end this two-hour stream and I go drink about Seven cups of tea to try to rest my
2: vocal cords. <laughs> um it you no! Know, I'm just—I honestly think that the deciding factor, and y'all spoke to this earlier, is going to be the crowd. The energy in the stadium is just going to be so thick; like it's just going to be almost unexplainable. I think when when we're in there, and I think that that is ultimately, you know, is what going to push Iowa forward. If I have any final words, of uh, You've been plugging uh, my content. You've been plugging yours as well. I would just implore that the people on this space to, to to support everybody. This is a, this doesn't have to be an either or thing. We are competitors technically, but you know, David welcomed me here uh, when I moved out here from Atlanta. I didn't know anybody, and he's brought me in and he's helped me out and been and been a great resource. And he brings things to the table. Um, you know that I can't bring like like expertise. I bring things to the table like like a fresh perspective. So we we both provide great content we both do great work so don't feel like you have to support you know one person or another please take in all the content that you can um, because we're all doing great work out here and at the end of the day you know we want the the same things that y'all want is to is to provide a full scope of the team as best as we can so please dive into all the content that you can support all of us um, as much as you can and I can't wait for Saturday and for the rest of the season no I think
0: you summed up great dude i mean yeah it's not a it's not a versus type thing and uh and again i mean the reality is too if it's a versus type thing kenny it's like we can't chop it up like we did right i mean, exactly. i love bouncing ideas back and forth and like that's not what this is the reality is we're just here to be a resource for to cover the teams that uh in the players and coaches that that fans love and without the fans i mean it's not possible we're not trying to take down anybody and uh we're 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 playing for different teams but we're all part of the same game like there's still right. one common goal it's like we're you know we're i mean it's it's kind of its own little family to some extent though too especially over the past year and i mean what we all had to go through and and again kenny does a great job so guys again tweet at me if you like like what we're doing here i'll be more than happy to do it again i can't promise i'll chop it up for two hours every week uh <laughs> but uh let me make sure i got uh, I want to plug Kenny's Twitter real quick. Be sure to follow Kenny at skinny Kenny underscore as well. Uh, if you're make sure it's the right account, he, he has a check mark. So if you find that, he, <laughs> that's the one it's at. And uh, yeah, be sure to follow him. And again, he's exactly right. He does great work. And uh, yeah, I guess there's really no other way to end it. Cause I've never had to end one of these, but if you made it till the end, God bless you. And hopefully the uh, two hours flew by for you. Cause this was, this was a lot of fun. And, uh, Kenny, I guess uh, if I don't see you before Saturday, I'll see you on Saturday, homie.
2: Sounds good, brother. If you, if you see us out at, at the tailgate or, or whatever, just walk around the stadium, be sure to come. Say what's up. You know, we, we want to engage with you. We want to meet you all uh, in person. So don't be shy.
0: Exactly. So, all right, guys. Again, appreciate all of you uh, hanging in there. Have a good rest of your night. And uh, talk to you soon. Thanks.